Before we start today's show, I want to invite you to join my community of SaaS founders, agency owners, and others who are sharing tips, tricks, strategies, and tactics for creating successful cold outreach campaigns. It's a free group on Facebook called Cold Outreach Mastery, and you can get there by heading over to morgandwilliams.com slash community. And if Facebook isn't your thing, but you still want valuable cold outreach advice, head on over to morgandwilliams.com slash newsletter and put in your best email to get first in line for valuable resources that I share on how you can fill your calendar with sales meetings and your pipeline with opportunities. Now, let's start today's show. Typically, my guests discuss using cold outreach for direct selling. They're starting a sales conversation with a potential customer using email, LinkedIn, direct mail, etc. Well, my guest in today's episode is using an approach that's allowing her to tap into large audiences with much less effort than it would take to have sales calls with every potential customer. She's even leveraging the authority and credibility of others to attract more customers to her brand while making sure that everyone wins in the process. If you're looking for the fastest way to build up your customer base without spending hours on sales calls, make sure you listen to the very end of this episode. Enjoy. What if you knew exactly how to use cold email, LinkedIn, the phone, and other sales channels to get new meetings and customers for your B2B product or service? Morgan Williams is an enterprise sales rep that's obsessed with cold outreach. If you're sick and tired of fluff, theory, and general advice on how to sell to cold prospects from people who haven't sold anything in the past 20 years and instead want detailed, tactical, step-by-step instruction, this is the podcast for you. Each week, he'll interview salespeople, consultants, and entrepreneurs about actual outbound sales campaigns they've run with real numbers and results. Each conversation will be a deep dive into deconstructing a specific campaign's results, as well as the strategy behind it. You'll get the opportunity to peek behind the curtain and see what's actually working now in cold outreach. Welcome Welcome to to Outbound Outbound Metrics. Natalie Luneva is a growth and team performance coach for bootstrapped SaaS founders at natalieluneva.com. She's on a mission to help SaaS founders get unstuck, clarify marketing priorities, and grow high-performing SaaS teams. Natalie, are you ready to dive in? I am ready. Awesome. Awesome. So how does your business get results for SaaS founders? So I am a growth and uh, I do a few things. Primarily, my background is digital marketing and growth. So usually what I do is I come to a SaaS company and then I look at their metrics first to see where it is that they need to grow. So for example, oftentimes founders say that, hey, I need to improve my PPC or SEO or I need to start doing more content. So what I come and I usually look at the metrics and say, hey, your funnel does not convert well. So regardless of how much traffic you get on top of funnel, it is not converting well. So let's take a look at what can be done to improve your conversion. Oftentimes, founders come and say, hey, I need to write more blog posts. And then when I look at their blog posts, turn out that they actually have a bunch of them, but they don't have call to actions there. So basically, I call it finding high ROI opportunities based on their metrics. Awesome. What would you say makes your business different or unique from other SaaS consultants? My husband is a SaaS founder. So I think I have a pretty deep understanding uh, very unique perspective from both perspectives um, mm-hmm. on SaaS founders, their challenges. And so I think this is something that I can very deeply relate to as uh, all the struggles that the uh, founders go through. 
just have had full immersion in the niche. Sounds like exactly a very awesome. intimate relationship or the business model, I should say the full immersion of the business model. Okay. Awesome. Do you offer productized pricing or custom pricing? It is productized. Gotcha. Okay, cool. And who is your ideal customer in case someone's listening and could be a good fit for you? Early stage SaaS founders. I would say that if you're just early stage, but you already have some traction, then that would be a perfect fit. If you you know, have not found your perfect market fit, then product market fit, then that would be also an option. And then basically I worked with founders up to 100K MRR. Gotcha. All right. Awesome. So the example we'll be looking at today, the kind of case study we'll be looking at, I know you've been involved in online summits recently. So I would love to dive into that and get some more information. So can you give me some background on how you started working on online summits before we kind of go into details? So I worked with a couple of SaaS companies and all of them had basically were a little bit stuck as a growth coach, basically, but we were doing like SEO, we were doing content, we were doing PPC, but it's just a lot of things are taking time. So I, I figured that we need something else while everything else is growing and kind of we're figuring out our metrics. Um, and so I started reaching out for partnership opportunities. And what I found is that not a lot of companies are looking to partner up, maybe because it's just a waste of their time, maybe because the relationship is not built yet. So cold relationship, cold outreach for partnerships did not work really well for me. I would expect a much higher response rate. So basically, like I would probably send out 100 messages, um, requests, and emails all together, and I got like zero in response. So I thought, mm. okay, something needs to improve sure. here. And I figured that instead of me coming and kind of with an open hand saying, hey, give me something. I want to, you know, basically <laughs> I want to have something from you, right? Because that's what the perspective that they have most probably. I thought that I need to come with something that they would really want. So what it is that they would really want, all of them would be very open to collaborate on a speaking engagement. And I thought that, hey, let me put together an online assignment. And I know that majority of companies that do put together an online summit, they think about how many attendees they're going to get. I came from a completely different perspective. I wanted to partner up with potential partners to do some co-marketing together. And so instead of me saying my main goal is to get leads and attendees, I said my main goal is to further partner up with those people so that this is going to be just our first time communicating and, you know, building this relationship. And then after the event, I'm going to reach out to them and then we'll talk a little bit more if there is an opportunity to work for us together. Sure enough, it was a great opportunity, actually. Awesome. Awesome. I like how you solved that problem of reframing the partnership, right? Instead of just kind of like a one-on-one, hey, let's just talk about what we can do. You're using the leverage of an online summit and I'm sure when people think about that, that you're proposing this to, they're like, okay, great. I can get a lot of visibility, right? Be included in a large group of people that are doing the same thing. It seems like a high leverage, high ROI activity if you're looking to get your brand out there. So which summit will we be talking about today? Like the company you did it for and- We can talk about one for Wiremo, for example. It is a SaaS for e-commerce specifically. So about, I want to say a couple of weeks ago, this was when we hosted the summit and I really didn't have a lot of time to prepare for that. This was my very first summit that I put together. Mm -hmm. Uh, And fortunately, the results were really, really good. Awesome. So real quick on Wiremo. So it's an e-commerce SaaS. Just to give context, what problem do they solve for people? They are a review platform specifically for e-commerce. 
Got you. So they're reviewing different like e-commerce SaaS tools? No, it is a product review platform. Okay, product review platform. Okay, cool. So going into how you built, like what are the high level steps you took to solve the or to build this online summit? Right. So the first step was for me to identify the speakers that I wanted to go after as potential partners. Again, there's one company that I am putting together an event for in in February. They're thinking about this from a different perspective. They think that, okay, I need to come up with as many cool speakers as I can find, regardless of whether I can partner up with them or not later down the road. Are they in my industry or not? And I basically tell them that's not how you should think about it. Because first, think about who it is that you want to partner that are bigger than you. And usually they would not talk to you or even you know give, you, uh, give time of the day to you. Mm-hmm. And so reach out to those, not as step number one, but at least like have a list of all of those people that you want to potentially partner up with. And then start reaching out to potential speakers and see, are they really excited about this? Are they you know, not really interested in that? So start reaching out to medium to small size speakers and see what's their interest. If they say, yeah, absolutely, I want to be a speaker, great. At least now you've um, booked a few speakers. Now you can create your landing page. I used a Hey Summit the founder is Bandel, a very interesting person, by the way. I have a SaaS boss podcast. I've interviewed the guy, so check it out as well. But um, Hey Summit is very easy to put together those landing pages. And so I just put together the page. And then this is when I have at least something to go out to those bigger sure. you know, people and start saying, hey, I already have a page. This is more information. Because what I found out on trial and errors is when you go out to those bigger people and they're like, okay, so share with me more information. Is it like event happening or are you just planning it? So you need to have something to show to them. Gotcha. For building that list, you mentioned that you didn't just want to get a bunch of, you know, cool people or online famous people, right? You wanted to make sure they could be potential partners down the road. So what criteria did you look at to make sure like, hey, these people could possibly be a good fit for Wiremo down the road. Yep. So we looked at different profiles. This can be potential customers that are really like big enterprise customers. This can be potential agency partners because we would partner up with agencies so that they can refer a bunch of clients to us. We can partner up with industry experts and leaders so that they also have their audience. May not necessarily be like a marketing agency, but more like coaches. And then SaaS company, other SaaS companies as well. So they have great list of audiences, just like Wireman, for example. And we are not in the competing space, even though we like shoulder shoulder space, where we're in the same industry. We have the same clients, but we solve different problems. And so we would really complement well each other. So think about all of those potential buckets of companies and then definitely you want to do like a mix of all of them so that in the end, it's not just, you know, a bunch of marketing agencies who are not just your potential customers, but uh, a nice mix of everyone so that you get the really nice perspective. And, you know, I think it adds value to your event as well. Absolutely. Have a diversified group of potential partners. Okay. I like that. So you have several different types of companies you're reaching out to. You have, you're selling to the same people, but not competing products, complementary products, you know, adjacent products. Got it. Um, You have a good mix of people. So you've created this landing page using Hey Summit. Is that pretty straightforward or anything people should kind of think about when creating that? There's going to be a learning curve for sure. So with Hey Summit, not as easy. I think they're trying to improve their product 
documentation right now it's like a bunch of mess so i did have to reach out to their support which was very easy to talk to but also don't be hang up on hey summit there is like hoping there are a bunch of other mm-hmm. um, air summit there's a bunch of other ones but the um, hey summit to me um seemed like an easy one awesome okay you build that landing page so now we've got something to reach out to people with was there an initial difference to how you reached out to kind of smaller to medium partners versus larger partners besides the landing page? Oh, yes. That's a very good question. It is very different. So once awesome. you've uh, nailed it, like medium or small size speakers, now you are ready to go after big ones because those are the people that attendees want to watch and listen to, right? So they are definitely going to be driving the attendance to your event. So you need to be very careful how you want to reach out to those bigger people. And my biggest advice is do not send them like a high level commitment so that it's very easy for them. Maybe it's just even uh, like a 15 Q&A session so that they don't even have to prep. So in your message, you can put something like, I'm organizing this event. I would love to have you as a speaker. We have And then all the benefits that you have, you have a really good, um, I don't know, production. You're going to have really good quality of the video. Um, Your, I don't know, website is high quality. You have high quality people speaking. And then you have 400 people attending already registered. And so we only want, let's say, like 15 minutes of your time to do a quick Q&A, unless you want to do a whole presentation. So I didn't pay to any of my speakers, although I had a couple of uh, really big speakers. And so... Just coming to them with that perspective, like, hey, if you want to do a whole presentation, that's fine. But even if you want to do, if you don't want to prep it as a 15-minute quick Q&A, that still is valuable for you to add to, obviously, your event page. And then all the attendees going to see, oh, that person is going to be a speaker. Very interesting. Let me register. Awesome. Awesome. So that 15-minute quick Q&A is kind of like maybe if somebody's on the fence or if they you know, don't want to build out a huge presentation, a quick Q&A will still allow them to get the benefits of being in the summit without having to do do like an hour long presentation. By the way, was this live or was this recorded? It was live. I know that a couple of other companies do it pre-recorded. I wanted this to be live. Gotcha. Any particular reason why you want it to be live over pre-recorded? I think when I attended a Saster a few couple of months ago and it was pre-recorded, I thought, on the one side, hey, you can watch it at 1.5 speed or something like that, right? There's benefit. But then I think it depends. I think it's your preference, but I wanted it to be live so that there's more engagement. Plus, I think the benefit of me connecting to the speaker, because at the end of every session, I would ask a couple of questions. And then, you know, mm-hmm. the intro is just the connection. So I want if you are doing this for partnerships, I would recommend this to be alive. Okay, awesome. Also, can't really do a Q&A unless it's live. Yep. So <laughs> there's that too. Okay, perfect. You're reaching out to these people and you're basically loading up this offer to them. You have more information about number of attendees. We already got, you know, uh, people who are already going to speak, right? You talked about production value and just kind of, you know, stacking the value that you're offering to them, right? Um, it's alive. How many attendees should someone start with to make sure that they still have impact, but maybe not get like, do too much or too much more than they can handle. A good thing is that when you reach out to 
you don't have a, an exact number of attendees that you know is going to mm. register, right? You can say that something like, based on my current registration, I expect to have 200, 500 uh, attendees if the speaker is asking. If they're not asking, then, you know, that's fine. And then, by the way, additional add-ons that you can add to this stacking all of the benefits is you can share with them the list of attendees just to get this big person to speak at your event. And then you can create a video of them speaking, right, as, as a replay. You obviously record the session, so then you can create a cool video for them. So just try to get as much value as possible to them. Um, so then after that, you publish all of this information on the website, and now you can promote, you can do all of your you know, ads, promote it to your audience, now that you have this big speaker, because many more people are more likely to join. But then another interesting tactic is you don't just leverage your audience to attract as an attendee, you ask all of those speakers to send the invite to their audiences. And so you don't just, basically you just cross-pollinate everyone's audiences and make it for smaller and medium-sized guys who would really want to be speakers. And sometimes they would even pay to be speakers. Mm. Like this should be, like you need to send it at least three times. What I had in my expectations, again, not to big guys, you know, big guys that was thankful that they're just mm -hmm. there and I didn't have any requirements from them. But for small and medium-sized uh, guys, you have those requirements sent to them. Hey, as a part of being a speaker, you need to promote this event three times. And then, by the way, you need to prepare a bunch of email examples and just copy and then designs. Um, what I like about Hey Summit is that it, provides us some um, examples of designs that you can share with those speakers just with their pages and, you know, the, the name of the event so that they can share it in, in, on their social media profiles. Mm. So just the next step is to promote the heck out of it. Once you see how likely people are to sign up and what's the volume there, um, you know whether you need to promote a little bit more on, you know, different places and just give it a little bit more push, Facebook ads and things like that. Awesome. How many speakers did you end up getting for this summit? And what was the ratio of like larger speakers to small and medium? I would say maybe 10% larger speakers. A couple events that I've done, one was strictly 30-minute sessions. So it was nine hours straight live wow. events. So I had like 20 speakers, basically. Another event, I had like 26 speakers. But for those, I just wanted to have some smaller sessions as well, in addition to half an hour session. So it's up to you, I guess. Did I ask answer your question? Yeah, yeah. So you have about, make sure that like at least 10% of your speakers are kind of larger speakers. And Audience then... grabber, basically, right? And then the other, let's say a third is your potential partners. Mm -hmm. Another third is your potential customers. And another third is maybe SaaS companies. But you do need to mix and match and make sure that the topics make sense. So I created a, a Google form and then everyone put their titles there and then I just decided okay we already have three people that talk about this either I can reach out to all of them and benefit from the potential exposure from all three of them and ask them to combine the session into one making it more like a panel session mm -hmm. or I decided to choose just one person and then make that person as uh, you know assign this uh, slot to that person sure and I guess it kind of depends on as you build your roster of speakers I'm sure you identify like, oh, these two or these three might be a good fit together. 
you know, for a panel. That's exactly what or, happened for yeah. one of my events. Yes. And then in the end, I had to combine them. But the ladies were so, they didn't have any problems. What it allowed me to do is basically I had an additional speaker, an additional exposure, right? Because they are going to share it on their social media and to their email list. But then it opened up another slot for me to give to another person. And that's, of course, if you have enough speakers to fill up the space. I had more than I could uh, choose from. Nice. As far as prep time, how much prep time did you have between, you know, starting and, you know, the beginning of the day of the summit? Right now, I don't take on any events that are shorter than three months, maybe two and a half months is fine. But the first event I had to do was probably a month and a half. That was Mm. short. And that was my very first event. The second event was probably two and a half months. And still, there were a bunch of last minute things. So I think just come when you do decide to do an, an online summit, and I think you should. Just keep in mind that there's always going to be a last minute things. You're never going to be 100% perfect and prepared for everything. Sure. And by the way, just a few, you will not be able to prepare for everything because the very first event, two of my speakers did not show up. So you need to have cool head and just decide on the fly what to do. I was also running the whole event. So I was kind of, uh, you know, helping the attendees to introduce and stuff like that. So I was running the whole event online as well. And so I had to decide, okay, what do I do? So I actually, while a previous speaker, was speaking I knew that the next person is not going to show up and I know that you know it was 20 minute notice maybe so I messaged this, this speaker right now who's who was saying you know talking right now I said hey we would need to stay a little bit longer he's like fine um, mm. and then the next speaker I told them hey can you come a little bit early and if so then basically just 15 minutes from one side 15 minutes from the other and then you know it was fine both times when the speakers did not show up uh, it was fine but I mean you cannot be ready for everything <laughs> How much are you communicating with the list of attendees throughout this prep process? And even when something like that happens, when there's a change in schedule, like what does that look like? It was not really a change in schedule. And by the way, this happened live, like the mm-hmm. speaker had to be live and they did not show up and I only had 10 minutes. So uh, the attendees didn't really maybe notice, like, I don't know, but uh, no one asked about those particular speakers. So mm-hmm. that was not a problem for me. Gotcha. Are as far you, as communication to attendees, yeah. by the way, his summit manages uh, kind of takes care of that. They have a bunch of preset emails. So they send oh, out nice. like two weeks before, one week before, the day before, and then an hour before. Oh, wow. You can pick and choose which ones you want to turn on or turn off. Awesome. So you just use those settings to do that promotion yes. to the initial list. That's really cool. I did not know that. That's a very valuable feature. So the results from this summit, would love to hear the number of attendees I and mean, kind of the you know metrics you were looking at after this summit. So again, keep in mind the attendees was not our biggest concern, even though that it was right. good to have because this was all of those attendees are potential leads for our business. But at the same time, my biggest concern was the speakers. Mm-hmm. As a result, almost everyone who I reached out to obviously who saw the message on Facebook because Facebook does filter some messages. And I saw that some people did not see my message, but those that did see not only almost all of them, I would say 90% agreed to be speakers and filled out the form. But what's cool is that they shared this information with their friends and they said something like, Oh, I have my friend, Bob, who would be a great speaker for your event. Mm. And I'm, 
I'm like, hallelujah, because you know what? If he's a great fit for my being the speaker at my event, he's a great fit to be a partner. So basically, I'm getting introduced sure. to all of those potential partners. So it was extremely valuable, the event. And so awesome. after the event, I also run another networking session, I call it. For all this, not all the speakers, some of the speakers that I want to get an extra value and do an extra connection. So to those speakers, the day after the summit, I send out an additional networking one hour invitation. And so all of them basically chat with each other. It was really, really well received. I think not a lot of summits do that. Almost Mm. no one does that. Live summits, they do that, right? There's like speakers uh, room or whatever mm-hmm. for them to network with each other, but the online summits usually don't do that. And so when I did do that, it was really well received. And then we had a really nice conversation. Everyone just connected. And so obviously later when they have good partnerships without me, they mm-hmm. think, okay, Natalie was the one who connected us. Sure. Sure. Awesome. So how did you measure success from the event? Was it just the number of potential partners you gained or like, what were you looking at to, uh, so there are a few things, obviously attendees for the first event, we got 400 attendees, which was, uh, definitely more than unexpected. We had two sponsors. We didn't talk about sponsorships, but actually we got two sponsors who covered my fee and like basically everything to organize the event. And they actually uh, had extra, so they were paid to host the event, the company, the Wiremom. They were paid to host the events because there was additional uh, fee left from the sponsorships. They got a bunch of leads. They got exposure. They got a year worth of content mm. uh, because all of the content we are reusing. And then later I turn it into blog posts and then social media posts. So basically it's like more than a year worth of content. There are sure. so many benefits to doing that. And then after the event, one of top-notch speakers told me, Hey, you know what? We actually, every Friday, we host an internal meeting where we invite our potential partners or like SaaS companies to talk about themselves and how they can help our clients to their team. And he's like, do you want to be one of those, you know, do you want to be one of those spots? I'm like, for sure. So it's just uh, overall very cool. One of the speakers who I reached out to because I wanted him to be a partner of uh, my company, the company that I worked for, the very next day he got back to me. He agreed to be a speaker, even though for the past six months he was quiet. So we chatted before. Mm-hmm. Um, he did not send any leads to us. But then when I invited him to be a speaker, the very next day he sent us two leads. Nice. That's outstanding. So there's just a lot of benefits that come into play, you know, after the event's over, right? Exactly. Um, the content, the lead list you get, the sponsors. I, I do want to talk about the sponsors for sure. You mentioned the sponsors like paid your ticket. Was this a paid event for people to register for? So the sponsors paid not for the ticket. The sponsors paid for organizing the entire event, basically. Okay. So I was a consultant to Mm -hmm. YMO, and so I decided to organize the event. So whatever they paid me paid off, and they basically got paid to organize the event. So they were left with additional money. As far as the framework for event, we organized this as a free event. We did not charge for anything. It was our very first event, so I didn't want to complicate it. There are a few ways that you can benefit from the event. So you can basically, obviously, charge 
uh, for attendance. I don't think it's a great idea, though, because you want to get as many attendees as possible for the benefit of speakers as well. Because later, if you want to build additional relationship, you can share this list of attendees with the speaker to kind of build this additional, uh, you know, goodwill, if you want to say. Mm -hmm. uh, like, you know, you've done your part now, ball is in your court or something like that. Sure. Um, sure. So you can upsell attendees on maybe notes from the event. So maybe they obviously no one attends all the sessions, but then you can upsell for like, I don't know, 50 bucks. Um, you translate the sessions, make it the most out of it, and then put it in the PDF. And that's the, what the um, attendees can pay like for. That. You can make it a free event plus a paid workshop. So you partner up with the, you know, someone else who can do like three, two hour workshop. And though people, this is like an upsell when people register for events. So there are a few different things that you can do. And obviously during the event, you can upsell because YMO, we also had our own session during the event. And so you upsell your tool when you're doing your presentation, right? And then there are sponsorships. Even though I was not going after sponsorships as much, just because I was going after SaaS companies, a lot of them reached out to me and say, hey, we want to sponsor the event. Do you have sponsorship? Really? I'm they like, just found out you know about what? it. I don't have sponsorship packages. I didn't tell them this, but hey, let me put together something. So within half an hour, I put together packages. So I'm like, sure, here are the packages. Yeah, right. <laughs> What do the package look like in terms of what do they get for being a sponsor? So they got their logos, obviously, everywhere. They got a couple of mentions throughout the event. So during the intro of the event, they say, hey, the event is organized by Wiremo and sponsored by, you know, this and this. They get access to the entire list. And this is the main benefit. The lowest tier did not have access to the list of attendees, but the highest had. And so I got a couple of people interested in that just because of the list of attendees. Even sure. though the list is not that big, right? I told them initially that I expect 200 people and they still decided to be a sponsor that's still valuable enough, which was kind of surprising to me. And in the end, when we have 400 people, they're like, mm, that's good. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Very cool. So the sponsors just found out about it organically and were like, hey, we want to sponsor No, this. they those are the companies that I reached out to, to be oh, speakers. Okay. And they awesome. are, in addition to being speakers, they're like, okay, can we also sponsor the event? Awesome. Was there any reason like why they wanted to be sponsors? Like, was there something of how the event was set up? And I actually never asked either, like, what was the title? Not the like just the title, but the concept of the event or the theme. I told you that for Wiremail, we had only like a month and a half prep because mm -hmm. we were wanted to make it for Black Friday e-commerce black friday okay. right like the very sure. hot subject and so that's why we didn't have a lot of time because i had this idea too late in the process and so they wanted to sponsor just to get more exposure because those companies sponsor other events they wanted to get the list and they wanted us to send an email to our audience because this was an extra bonus so we had a list of like five thousand people we said that we would send out the email mentioning you are talking about you to our audience as well so overall this was Definitely worth because no one even complained about prices to me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Very interesting. Yeah. I can only imagine that this, you know, virtual summits are only going to become more important, right? With people doing a lot more stuff remote now and conferences kind of being up in the air with the virus or anything. I can only imagine that um, this is going to be even bigger. Right. But think about the whole exposure 
mm-hmm. and authority that comes with organizing an sure. event. I think this puts you in the eyes of just a regular buyers and leads and customers on a whole different level. Sure. Plus, you can leverage that in all of your future partnership opportunities. You can say something like, we organized a, a full day online summit a few months ago. We're planning to do it sometime in the future. I would really want to partner up with you because you know we have this and this opportunities. And oh, by the way, we also organize another event sometime in the future. I don't have the date yet, but we do. And so we'd love you to be a speaker if this is something that you're interested in. So basically, you can leverage this both as, hey, we had it in the past. And I think this puts you on a completely different level. And for the future, so this uh, building credibility, authority, thought leadership, there's just so many benefits. And then mm-hmm. you can be a speaker to on other events, right? Like you can say, hey, sure. you hosted the event or I was a speaker at my event. Maybe because, you know, you weren't the speaker anywhere else, but you can say I was a speaker and then I want to speak at your event as well. Awesome. I love that. So many benefits just trickle down from this one event. Anything that you know that you want to do in the future, like for your next event that you didn't do for the last one? Anything you specifically learned? Not really. It's just, I think I am getting better with all of the like points, like, you know, four weeks before the event, this is the things that I need mm-hmm. to do because some things are still, you know, slipping through the cracks and you kind of do it last minute. So I keep a very good list of things that I don't want to forget. But as far as your previous question about the results, almost everyone, again, 90% of all the speakers who agreed to be a speaker agree to be partners. So do some kind of partnership. So going back to the whole idea of why we organize the event is to get those partnerships and co-marketing opportunities. Basically, after the event, I came to them and say, you know, we have opportunity to work together. I think we are great fit. These are the things that we offer to our potential partners or some co-marketing opportunities. And then, you know, we can do additional webinars or workshops together. We can send out emails to, you know, I send your email to my audience. You send my email to your audience. So almost all of them agreed to do some co-marketing It's just the time is bad right now. So especially for e-commerce, they're so busy. So some of them told me, absolutely, I'm interested. But then after Black Friday passes. Some of them I already scheduled partnerships for January, for February. So overall, like the result from the, you know, we were talking about obviously outreach, cold outreach for partnerships. I think this is just beyond my expectations. Awesome. Because you can schedule that event. You schedule your virtual summit. And then afterward, you can schedule, like you were saying, month by month, right? Partnerships down the road and just keep scheduling those out. Exactly. So in addition to this networking session, after the networking session for all the speakers that I wanted to be part of, I reached out separately and said that, hey, I want to partner up with you. Here's what we can do for you. Would you be interested? That's the email that I sent out. And then all of them said yes. Awesome. That networking session, was that just like a big Zoom room or or Hey Summit room? It was a big Zoom meeting, basically. Cool. You just did an hour and everybody was talking like, hey, da, 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 da. okay. I awesome. expected it to be less. For one of the sessions, only five people showed up, but mm-hmm. we still spent an entire hour. And this was even more productive because people connected on a different level. This is not just for them to speak for a couple of minutes and be done. They actually talked and just engaged in such thorough conversations that I thought that it was really useful. And then after the event, I see emails back and forth, including me. They are also organizing some partnerships. So oh, you know, wow. overall, it's just such a great experience. 
Yeah, it's such a great use of time, not just for you, but or the company that's hosting it, but for the attendees, right? They show up, they speak or do Q&A, and then they're making all these connections so quickly. Yep. Um, outstanding. I know you have something special for people to go to to check out. Let's talk about that real quick. Yeah. So I think that online summits is one of the smartest way these days. If you have a list, if you don't have a list, to get some exposure, mm-hmm. to get some leads, get awareness. So I offer 30 minutes on me where you can schedule book time, where I can help you if this is something that you'd like to do or you have additional questions to help you identify whether online summits can be a good fit for your company. And if so, maybe we can talk about the topic. I'll share with you everything that I know. If you have any questions, if you want to do it with me, because this is something that I do, I have a couple of events scheduled for 2021. If this is something that you'd like my help with, I'll let you know if this is an option. Otherwise, you know, you have all the tools and resources that you need to organize an event yourself. Awesome. Awesome. And that's uh, at natalieluneva.com slash done for you online summits. Correct. Sorry for the long uh, URL. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all right. That's all right. All good. All right. I love it. One thing I didn't ask that I do want to ask real quick, the outreach emails that you sent, anything really specific in there? Or was it pretty like, I got to imagine it's easier to convert than like a, you know, email to get someone on a sales call. Anything special in there since a lot of people listening to this are going to be are interested in that email outreach portion? Can't find the email, but I'll tell you what it is. Sure. Hey, we organized this event first week of July, for example. I really want to see if you would be interested to be a speaker. All the benefits. If this is like medium to small size person, then Mm -hmm. I don't add any benefits. If this is a bigger kind of person, then I add all the benefits that I can think of. And something like this can only take only 15 minutes of your time. And uh, I can share with you the list of attendees because looks like this is exactly the audience that you're targeting. Perfect. That's it. Any uh, subject line? Specific subject line? Uh, Speaker. All right. I can definitely see that one getting opened for sure. Awesome. I love it. NatalieLuneba.com slash done for you online summits. Thank you so much for joining me today, Natalie. I appreciate it. Thanks, Morgan. This was fun. Yep. Bye-bye. One big takeaway that I had from Natalie's episode is that you don't need a large email list to start bringing in lots of new customers. You can start from scratch and leverage cold outreach to fill your virtual summit with great speakers who will attract new subscribers and customers like a magnet. Look, if you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe and share it with a friend. Thanks for listening.